0: So, I just was traveling with um with the with the music, only the music, even though there were lyrics i I couldn't tell what they were talking about, and i didn't care and maybe that 's the reason why I can't really listen to lyrics when I listen to a song um, i don't know if i don't like the music, it's difficult that I could go into the lyrics.
1: This is Essential Tremors. I'm Lee Gardner. I'm Matt Byers. The idea behind this show is to have musicians and other creators talk about songs that shaped who they are. We're not looking for favorite songs, necessarily. We're also not looking for songs that they'd choose to take with them if they were stranded on a desert island. What we're looking for are songs that have significance to them. Songs that might have changed the course of their creative lives, or their lives in general. Argentine musician Juana Molina has followed an unusual path to becoming a well-known and much-loved, as well as utterly unique, artist. The daughter of a famed tango singer, Horatio Molina. In 1991, Juana abandoned a successful career as a comedic actress who had a hugely successful TV show in her home country called Juana y Sus Hermanas to pursue life as a musician after an initial negative reaction to her music in her home country. Seven albums later, she is a beloved international, albeit cult, figure with a deeply soulful yet playful sensibility that is reflected in every medium in which she dabbles, from conversation to her album artwork and even to her Instagram account, which features her childlike doodles of figures she sees in ordinary objects all around her. The first song Molina chose as being formative for her was Chico Buarque's "Construção." Amor daquela vez como se si fosse a última.
0: Beijo sua mulher como se si fosse a última. E cada filho seu como se si fosse o. Um a rua seu the first song could be a uh, co- uh, one called "Construcao" by Chico Buarque, the Holanda, Chico Buarque. I had a um, when I was a little girl. The the main um, d- DJ we had was my mother, and she usually uh, played us songs and talk to us about them. Uh, so I don't know whether what I feel about that song is what she told me or uh, what I felt. But anyway, uh, I remember listening to this, which is a song talking about a man um, which is in a, under, uh, in a building under construction, and he commits suicide. And he throws into himself into the ground, and when he hits the ground, there's this arrangement of brasses, incredible, amazing arrangement where I could see the cars stopping and all the jam uh, that that made, and that was an, an incredible impact that you could do uh, music representing uh, things. I, I remember having that thought that you could you could play. Um, you could play something that was imitating, that wasn't as abstract as music is, but in the the opposite way where you can represent actual things. I had never uh, heard something like that before. And I played that song last week to see uh, if I had the same thing, and I still have it, although it's different and more uh, mild, because... I already know what's happening, but I remember very well the first time. The lyrics are very, very pretty on this song because he tells this story um, about this man having his family and what's what's going on, but he um, plays with words, with the same words in each um, uh, verse, and and he, with the same words, say different things. Uh, so I also um, I was also amazed at that um, the poetry of that song. Um, it was a very important song in my life, and I think it was key. Even though I didn't know what I was going to do with that, because I was really really young, um, I never forgot that feeling of, of having that such an impact with uh, the brasses coming in the song.
2: Well, uh, you know, as I recall, it's a, a very kind of dramatic piece of music, not cheesy dramatic, but it just sort of builds and builds and builds. Um,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. It's a bit, yeah. When I heard it last time, last week, I found it a little bit long. Mm-hmm. I think it's because my mind has changed as everyone else else is, because um, now you, we, our attention plan is shorter or whatever. And I found that it was a bit, but I never had that feeling when I was a, a kid. I was really in the in the traffic jam, with the man dying in the street, and having all those images only by the music. That was I what is what I found amazing because I knew what was going on, but sometimes it can't really relate the lyrics with the music. They are not very well. It's not that very often. Sometimes they do that. I remember there was a song by. Robert Cray, I think. And uh, all of a sudden, he, he discovers something in the conversation that he cheated on him. And then uh, all the song becomes minor. And that was very cool as well. How you can... Uh, I guess it's something very common, but the impact, the first impact about that was this song about uh, by Chico When I was maybe eight or ten, or... Oh. Yeah, not not much older than that, maybe 12.
2: Did you always know that you wanted to perform or make music or be on stage?
0: I did. Not, not being on stage. I couldn't imagine that. I was just imagining just making music. But um, I really regret to have been born in my time where everything was so, um, you had fingers pointing at you all the time. And um, so I, I was very shy, and I couldn't do it until I was kind of too too big, too old, <laughs> maybe. But yes, I always knew, always knew. I, I was a little girl, and I was picturing myself in a party, where the Beatles were. And I pretended to be singing without noticing that I was singing just when Paul was around me. And um, she said, "Hey, guys, look at this little girl. She sings quite good. Let's go into a band, so I was part of the band just because i I sang so well that <laughs> I was thinking things like that when I was maybe five or six.
2: I see so the the fingers that were pointing at you what what where were they Where were they coming from? What was that about?
0: Yeah, I mean it was my my own fingers inside my brain. I guess, but um maybe because I was born in a very critical family where everything was put um under under a magnifier to criticize it and to analyze it, and whether it was good or bad, it was really deep, and you were really scared or afraid to just go in, a, in into the bad uh critics of anything you do i guess I guess that was the case because um My parents were that kind of people where uh, everything was... When something wasn't very good, it was really not good. Really not good. It was awful, bad, horrible. Oh, that sucks. And so you wouldn't... you, You didn't want to be that thing sucking for them. I guess that was my main fear. At the same time, we were very encouraged to play music because my dad taught me to play the guitar when I was five. So... I guess uh, there was a, um, I don't know, maybe it's just my personality.
1: The second song Molina chose was Eduardo Mateo's Nina. Voy, un, Nina que siempre nos tiene
0: a los pájaros y dicen tu vida con
1: sus trinos Debes ser que los comprendes por eso te viene lo que se te ha ido Siempre de vestido
0: blanco Eduardo Mateo was um, an Uruguayan musician that my father recorded with on his first album and uh he came home with a with a copy of the album uh just because he was in it, and I played the record and i I instantly knew or felt that it, I was that 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 was what i was that 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 represented absolutely my kind of the way I felt music and um it's because I have this theory that I developed about uh, um, influences that I always thought that influences are actually um, awakeners of what you already have inside. So when something, um, when you feel related to something so directly, it's because there's many, 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 many other things that I, I love a lot, but I have nothing of that when I, when I compose. It's not that I I mean the difference between it's like a if I had something similar to other things I like I would I would have to copy that to make the same things but with this record this album I had the feeling that um it was me playing that um there was what, what I am already existed
2: what style of music uh was was on this album
0: it's um i guess some i would call it uh uruguayan classic pop but it has nothing uh related to what we know by pop but it's just songs a guitar and some percussion and um there's something in the way he plays or the way he—I don't know what what is it—but if I had to choose a song, there's two songs two songs that I would choose in this record as a very big influence. Uh, it is uh, the first track, and what um, is called Lily or I don't know the name, the num- the tracking number of this um, song, but it's called "Niña," little girl. Um, so those two songs were, I don't know, I, I think this is the record I heard the most in my life. I am not, I am not sure, but I would say that this is one of the records that I played most times.
2: Do you still have it and do you still play it?
0: Um, I don't play it because I still so know it, but sometimes, for instance, last week when I had to choose... Um, the songs from that record, I just listened to it again, and of course, when you have to choose only three songs that represent your life, blah blah blah, you think, oh, this is not good enough, this is not good enough, this is not good enough, and it took me forever to to make my chose my cho- my choices. But um, I think um, these three things I mentioned were huge impacts in my childhood, huge, 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 huge. And then later, when I was maybe in my 30s, I discovered uh, Raymond Scott, and that was another incredible impact that I had, because I didn't know electronic music at all. I mean, electronics from the beginning, from the 60s and 50s. And someone played me um, this recording that he had brought from Germany, and I was—I mean, this—I was—I couldn't believe you could do something like that with uh, with synth. And so, I I like music, instrumental music a lot. I think I like it better than 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 when there's songs because you can travel higher and faster. And deeper um, that's why I love listening music in languages I don't understand, I guess, because, like English, I mean most of the music I heard when I was a little girl was in English, and I had really no idea what they were talking about, so I just was traveling with um with the with the music only the music. Even though there were lyrics, I I couldn't tell what they were talking about, and I didn't care. And maybe that's the reason why I can't really listen to lyrics when I listen to a song. Um, I don't know. If I don't like the music, it's difficult that I could go into the lyrics. So this guy was another major uh, influence, Raymond Scott. And then I may say something I discovered when I was 15... Um, I am beyond my three songs, but it's the pygmy music. Uh, living in France, I was listening to to a classical radio, and there was an, um, a show they were playing, and I was very faithful to that show. And one day they played um, 37 lullabies from different countries, uh, from Asia and Africa. And that's when I discovered the pygmy singing and this incredible thing that had something to do with the Raymond Scott um, effect on me. Um, So I would say that to have a a big array of different things, that those were the most influential, the influential, the, 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 the biggest impact that that had, things that... When I heard
2: them, I was like, what is this? Well, so let me go back and ask you a couple of questions sort of pertaining uh, uh, as, as, as far as, um, you know, I think you may be the first guest who's talked about a record that a family member plays on, which I think is interesting for a couple of reasons. But so but, you know, which makes me wonder you know, uh, what, you know, your parents are performers. And as you said, when, at least when you were younger, they had very strong, critical feelings about things that they liked and didn't. Um, When you started making music, uh, you know, I'm going to guess they heard it. What did they make of it?
0: Well, my mom is not a musician, uh, but she's a very strong music lover. And the one that was listening to music all day was her. Uh, my dad is uh, was he just passed away, and um, he um, he was very encouraging. I mean, on, the only people I would show what I did was him or my sister. That was it. Then I couldn't show the songs to absolutely anybody else. And he was a big fan of what I did. As far as I played it on my guitar in his room or in my or in the house, as soon as I recorded something, he became like, "Yeah, well, no, that vocal is really wrong. It should be louder and it should be faster. It should be this and it should be that." As soon as it became about uh, making something up, he wanted me to record and 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 the thing to sound the same exact way it was when I was playing uh, playing the song for him just uh three feet away from him he wanted me to record like that and i didn't do that i i thought at the time that i had to do bigger productions or that wasn't i thought that that wasn't good enough um to just play a song with a guitar as if people like um bob dylan didn't exist um so I don't know why I had that fear that if I only was there with my guitar it wasn't good enough. Um so that's that, that was it. My dad was a big fan in the house but he didn't like the recordings. Until until I made maybe my third record. There he 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 started to like what I do.
2: What what do you think was the difference?
0: What that the vocal is louder <laughs> in the mix. When you when you hear to his albums, it's is, is a voice with something happening underneath that you don't really understand. It's like a, a, an old an old criteria to to record. He he listened to records that were recorded in the forties and fifties or thirties maybe, uh, where the the vocal was really really loud compared to the rest of the band or the instrument. and he. Maybe he had that uh, structure of the sound production that had to be like that. He said, no, we can hear your voice. Your voice should be recorded this way. You, you can't hear the air in your voice. And the air in your voice is exactly what your, your strength. And we should notice that. Who's producing you? He knows nothing. Blah, blah, blah. This kind of thing. He was very, very mad. He didn't like it because of that. Oh.
1: I lost something in the process. The final song chosen by Molina as being essential to her was Raymond Scott's The Baseline Generator.
0: Uh, That one was the first one that was, what is this? What? And I really, I was in awe. And I never realized that all the records I heard in my childhood were actually made with synthesizers because something I used to love about listening to music was when um, you get so deep in it that you can't you don't even tell the what's the instrument. You just get the whole thing. I don't like when people start saying, Oh, I like this bass line. I don't oh the guitar here is amazing and I was what guitar? No 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 shut up, shut up. I just want to have the whole thing. Like a painting. As if you were looking at a painting and saying, Oh, this red is really beautiful instead of having the whole picture. Um uh, so then, when you when you start recording, it's very hard to get to that first um, impression when you have you listen to a song and it's just a whole a whole new thing happening, where instruments are just that instruments to make you feel the main goal, which is the music itself. So it makes me very angry when when people start deconstructing a song for me. Well, when I have a, um, for instance, where many musicians talking and they st- or or listening to something and they just oh what a good s- whatever. And I shut up. I don't wanna. I don't want to have the ingredients separate separately. I want to have the whole cake and eat it. Uh, and I think that's the music I like the most, when when they manage to get me there without um, the, uh, how would I say it, when they have the ability of getting to the main goal, which is music, without, and, they, and, and being able to make me not hear the instruments or the players. I love when that happens. I really love it. And it's more difficult when there's vocals, of course, because it's, uh, the timbre is so special and particular that it already immediately puts you back on the ground when they're singing this.
2: Right. Um, do you recall when you would have first heard uh, the Raymond Scott piece and under what circumstances? Yes.
0: Um, this German guy uh, came home. He was a friend of a friend. And he stayed a few days at home, and um, he was playing music. He had a few cassettes, and he just played, uh, was it a cassette or CD? I don't know. I think it was a cassette. And um, he played that. And I came out from, he was listening to that, and I came out from the, the room next to it and said, What is this? What is this? Play it again, please. And I I heard it maybe I don't know thirty times in a row. I thought it was so so good, so good, so happy, so musical, so um, playful, and it had all the ingredients that I like. Then I I, I learned more about him and studied him and listened. To, to his production for advertising and his previous things before he discovered the synthesizer. Th- synthesizer, what a difficult word! And um, he was good, but he really found himself. I guess uh, that's what I think when he when he got into synthesis. He he freed him his musical spirit. I have the feeling that that happened. With him, and I I am studying that now. And the guy who teaches me told me that that once, once you get here, and you you understand half by studying, half by intuition, as because you have to build all the sounds from scratch. Uh, Once you've got your language, you what you do is really a reflection of your mind. Because other instruments have already something to say. When you play guitar, even if you don't know how to play guitar, something is happening there. It's already some kind of timbre, some kind of note, some kind of sound. Or you play a piano, and you, even if you don't know how to play the piano, you can do something. But the piano is helping you to do that. And probably many people would do similar things with a piano, but with synthesis you can do whatever you imagine, and or, or whatever accident happens, you can accept it or reject it. But it's really your own voice. That's why I wanna, I wanna get there. I don't know if I will be able to, but that's my intention. I wanna know what I really have to say, <laughs> if I do ever have something to say.
2: Um, I'm curious. Did, did you have? Um... Looney, did you have Looney Tunes in Argentina, Bugs Bunny? If I
0: had what?
2: Looney Tunes, it's a, a cartoons, uh, Bugs Bunny and...
0: Yes, yes, of course.
2: Right. Well, so that, that's one of the things about Raymond Scott that I was just blown away by is um, I didn't really learn who he was until I was an adult and people started talking about his music and reissuing his music. But then one of the first things I learned was, and maybe you too, is I'd been listening to his music my whole life, and uh, because exactly. people used it for cartoons.
0: Yeah, yes, but that, that that music didn't didn't make an impact such an impact as uh, this song I told you about, because that was more to to go with the with the drawings, with the cartoons, and to to picture to what do you call it? To well, you know what I want to say, just to to okay. be with what you were watching. Uh, all these <coughs> this kind of thing, were so much with the image that you couldn't separate. You couldn't listen to the music without paying attention. I mean, it was something that image was stronger than the music. But when you hear that in a in a complete empty room, and you don't have the images, that's when you realize how how strong that music is. That's why I don't like. I don't. I don't really agree uh, on having on having videos uh, on the live shows. I know it's important. I know uh, if you are in a, in a huge stadium with sixty thousand people, you may need that because people don't see it. But I think music should be enough because music has already all the images itself. So. Why would you need any other images, even though some are really good, but it distracts me. It distracts me. Uh, I'd, I'd like to, to go with my eyes closed and just see whatever the music draws or paints.
1: This has been Essential Tremors. Essential Tremors is produced by me, Matt Byers, and Lee Gardner. Essential Tremors is distributed by WYPR Baltimore and NPR. Look for and subscribe to all of WYPR's podcasts at wypr.org/podcastcentral. For more information about Essential Tremors, go to essentialpodcast.com.